Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begon. Um, I want to jump right in with some great calls I got. Um, how to's today. I think we're going to have like a, a wide ranging uh, <laughs> topic list today. Um, okay, first, Malky called me and told me that she lives in Brooklyn and uh, now you can compost in Brooklyn. Um, so I just, I know that composting in New York City is becoming more and more easy um, and more popular. And I just sort of want to explain a little bit. Um, how to do it, uh, what what you need to do. I know that there are like pamphlets and I'm just gonna talk about it a little bit. I'm not gonna go into it in like huge detail, but um, I just sort of wanna tell you a little bit about how composting has really changed my life. Um, composting has been the single largest waste reducer in my home. Um, it's, it's really what, um, not waste reducer, but it, it allows me to throw away less trash. Um, I, I don't, in, in where I live in Israel, we don't have uh, composting, municipal cons composting yet, and I missed out on it when we lived in Riverdale. It happened right after we made Aliyah. Um, but I have a yard, Baruch Hashem, and I compost in my yard. So if you're composting in your yard, um, do not, do not, do not, do not put any animal products except for eggshells in your compost. Eggshells are the only animal byproduct you can put in a personal compost. However, that being said, in an industrial compost like in New York City, you could put in chicken bones, you can put in meat bones, you can put in um, fish, you can, you can put in all of these things. Um, I'm not exactly sure about the rules in New York City, but in general, those are... The, those are totally acceptable things to put in your, um, into your composting. Now, somebody asked me a few weeks ago, and I answered this, but I'll just reiterate, um, how is it that your garbage doesn't smell? How, how are you only able to take out one bag of garbage a week? And the reason why I, I do that is because of the composting. So even though I only have a personal compost and I'm actually throwing out some meat or chicken scraps or like fish skins or something like that, um, it, I do that like really only for Shabbos and like so all week those things are like all the wet waste like um, orange peels or, or tomato like the little core or apple cores or all that stuff that's like wet and decomposing is not going into my trash can so that's the stuff that really stinks the stuff that's wet dry trash doesn't really smell. I mean, it's not necessarily nice, but um, that's where the smell reduction comes from. So, um, to anybody who wants to start composting, it's actually a lot easier than you think it is. Um, I leave my composter on my, on my counter. I have a small one till it's ready to take out to my big bin. Um, Erev Shabbos, when, I, um, when I'm cooking, I have a large bowl that I only use for compost. Um, and I just put all of my scraps into the bowl as I'm cooking and then I to walk it outside and throw it out into the bin outside uh, right before Shabbos. Um, uh, that's Friday afternoon is the time when I do the most cooking because I sort of try to cook like at least three or four meals for the week as long uh, at the same time as I'm cooking for Shabbos. So 
um, I have the most compost then and then so I use this huge bowl and during the rest of the week when I just have smaller amounts I put everything into the small bin I keep on my counter it's a bamboo bin it looks really nice if you guys are interested I'll put it on um, my um, my website uh, balagon be gone forward slash ak so you guys can see um, what it is but actually I'm pretty sure that New York City supplies you with the bins and you don't actually have to leave them on your counter all the time you can leave them underneath your sink and then when you're ready to use it just pull it out and put it in um, it's it doesn't have to be there if you think it's ugly but I have to say <clears throat> composting really 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 is what has helped me reduce my waste the most um, it's still waste I'm not saying it's not waste I'm just saying it's not going to a landfill. It's not sitting in a place where it can decompose and produce or it can't decompose because the landfill is packed so tightly. Um, and when it's packed in the landfill, it emits a really harmful gas called methane. Um, now some uh, landfills have been able to harness methane and use it for fuel, but most places don't do that. And so when we, um, when we do this, when we throw away food scraps that can be composted, we're actually um, contributing to poor, poor air quality. Not necessarily in New York City, because actually in New York City, the trash actually gets shipped on a truck to Pennsylvania. So <laughs> um, I think when you compost, though, um, from a financial standpoint for the city, it actually reduces the bill for trucking garbage and um, Hopefully it can result in no rises in tax increases. So that could be a total win. Um, so yeah, so um, thanks Malky for pointing that out to me. She, uh, for those of you, sorry, for those of you who um, are on the fence about it, um, send me a voicemail and tell me what your issues are and, uh, or an email and, um, you know, I'll be happy to clear up any additional issues that I think you have but overall on my journey that has been the biggest thing for me and where I've reduced my waste um so that leads me to um what Panina said to me about journeys <laughs> um Panina said to me that you know when you say that you're on a journey it's like you're not totally there yet and i think this is what she said some of the the, the voicemail was a little bit cut off i couldn't hear all of it so um she said that her her issue with me using the word journey was that it implies that i'm not at my goal yet and i actually am not at my goal yet i still feel like i am producing too much waste um but it comes in in baby steps um I, I wanna just say something about using my car. Um, and this is a time management issue also, not just a zero waste issue. Um, when I use my car, I am scheduling tasks so that I'm using my car all at one time. So for example, I know that I pick up my kids, let's say at 1.30 on Tuesday, okay? I know that between, and I have to take them someplace they, they have to be someplace at 2.30. So I know that I have an hour, even if I ha am with my kids, where like I kind of either, that's like the best time for me to schedule things because I'm already out in the car picking up my kids. So I try to set my schedule 
around the time where I'm only using my car like one time. So for example, like if I need to go to the grocery store, if I need to pick up a package or if I need to um, get a juice, like I'll try to walk wherever I can. But if I do have to be in the car, especially if I'm doing like a larger grocery shopping, then um, I will, uh, you know, schedule it around the time when I'm going to pick up my kids. And this way I'm only using the car like one time. Um, it's also really hard to park on my street. So actually not moving my car when I have a parking space is like a really good incentive. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so I, for me, it is a journey. It's how I can best, um, manage my time to reduce my waste. Um, but also it reduces my cost. And, and here's one sort of important part that I just, I just want to point out to everybody is that um, over time, when you get organized and when you reduce your waste, and like I said, I believe that the two really do go hand in hand, it will over time save you money. When you are con concerned about what you're purchasing, um, it will not only keep you more organized because it's one less thing to find a home for in your house, but it will also uh, reduce your waste and it will also help reduce your financial spending. Um, or I guess that's like redundant. It will reduce your spending. It will help your financial situation because you won't be spending just because you think you need it or you can't find it or you don't know where it is. So you go out and you buy another one. I can't tell you how many times I go to somebody's house and I see, you know, six can openers. Why? Oh, I couldn't find it. So I went out and bought another one and then I couldn't find it again. And I bought another one and I couldn't keep finding it. And like, if we would have a place for each of those items, if there's a designated place in the kitchen for each item, then, you know, it's much easier to find. Now, even in Israel, I'm sort of shocked <laughs> when I go to somebody's house and I see that the, the houses are, you know, relatively new or the kitchen has just been renovated. And I still see that it's not like set up as a kosher kitchen. And I'm, I'm still like in shock about that, but it happens more frequently than you think because the builders don't necessarily appeal to, to that or they want to be as cheap as possible. They're not trying to appeal to the from market, even though a neighborhood is predominantly from. So for example, I went to a new house in, in Modi'in and I was kind of surprised that the kitchen wasn't designed with like two of everything. Um, it was not even a small kitchen really. It just wasn't really well designed. And I was just a little bit of shock. Same thing in uh, Ranana where uh, many of the people are religious. I would say Ranana is about 50-50, but a lot of Anglos do go there. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really just surprised that it's not like that, but I digress. Um, it's not like that. And so we have to come up with solutions um, to, to have less. Now, um, I, I'm very, very much opposed to the idea of unitaskers. I don't know if I've mentioned unitaskers before. Unitaskers are devices that do one thing. If you have a disability, I think that they're really, really great. Um, people who have limited mobility in their hands, I think you should use 
things that are designated for those things or make things easier. For example, an avocado um, sectioner. I don't even know what it is. One of my clients had that. I think that a lot of times these things are designed for those kind of people in mind, people who have special needs. But at the same time, is it so terrible to use a spoon? Like, I know gadgets are really, really enticing and we want to use them, but think about them from the storage perspective, not even the waste perspective, but it's like, how many gadgets can you have before it's just overtaking your life? So if there's an essential gadget that works for you, great. If you need it and you use it a lot, keep it. But a lot of the gadgets that we have can simply be done with, you know, can you, all you need is a really good knife. So I would say if you, if you can't, if, if you're enticed by that, instead spend the money on an excellent knife. And I promise you, you won't be sorry and spend the money to have it sharpened once a year. And I promise you it'll be a lot better than like the 20 gadgets that you could have just used the knife for. Um, I personally use the global brand knives. I love them because they're totally stainless steel. Even the handle is forged all from one piece and so you can kosher them if there's an issue. Um, they're really sharp. They have a really nice design. Um, I do get them sharpened. Um, I try to get them sharpened once a year before Pesach. Um, and I, I personally, I don't know. For me, it's easy. I have a few sizes. I have three sizes. And I just find that I can get by so easily with those things. I think the only gadget, besides for measuring spoons, which I don't really consider a gadget, um, in my drawer is a, a carrot peeler. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing I have that's like a unitasker. But I actually use uh, carrot peelers for a lot of things. Like I shave chocolate with the carrot peeler. I... Um, I, I, I don't personally, I only peel, I peel carrots with a knife. I peel potatoes with a knife. Um, it's just easier for me. Um, Tov, that's unitaskers. Um, I just want to say like, just to back it back up to the journey. It is a journey. It's a journey for me too. We all can always do better the same way we can always do better on growing and improving in our relationships to Hashem, we can also grow and improve on our relationships to things and to how we value our things. And that leads me to what Devorah called me to say about her things is that she said she takes such good care of her things and she has so many beautiful things and they were always dusted and sparkling and nicely arranged. And, and she's been listening and she decided that like, she's spending a lot of time dusting and arranging and polishing and, and it's stuff that she doesn't really even need or that she doesn't care so much about. And she's been slowly, slowly decluttering. And she really feels like her life is getting better because it was exhausting keeping all those things that are essentially, and these are my words, not hers, essentially they're just for looking at useless. They have no real value to us. Um, it's exhausting keeping those things looking beautiful and shiny and, and organized. And I totally, I totally hear that. I mean, um, I'm not saying that I don't have beautiful things in my house because I really enjoy a lot of the things that I have in my house. And I think that a lot of my things are beautiful. If I have to spend time like cleaning it or 
or dealing with it, if it's not something that I use regularly, then it goes out because then it's too much trouble for me. I don't want to spend my life dusting. I don't want to spend my life cleaning up the stuff. I'd rather spend my time eating dinner out with my kids. Uh, I mean, definitely, um, I'm, I'm getting better at the art of the quick dinner, <laughs> the simple dinner. Um, and I would say more nights than not, uh, my husband doesn't always join us cause he works late, but, um, more nights than not, I'm sitting down and having dinner with my kid and we're all sitting down and eating together. And, um, it's, it really is nice. It's even if it only takes us 20 minutes to eat dinner, which sometimes I'm lucky if it takes us 10 minutes to eat dinner. <laughs> um, it's a really nice time that we all spend together and we all are working together. And I just feel like because I'm not so busy cleaning up my house, um, we can do that. After we eat dinner, the kids help me put the dishes in the dishwasher. Um, on Friday night, when we don't use our dishwasher because our china can't go in the dishwasher, um, the kids help me tidy it up for the next day. And it's, it's nice. You know, we're working together to make our Shabbos more beautiful or our dinner more beautiful on a, on a regular weeknight. While I'm, I'm tidying up from dinner, um, the kids are packing their lunches. And like, it's just been a really nice time saver. We're able to read to them before they go to sleep. And we just, even though I usually go back to work after I put my kids to sleep, or my husband usually puts them to sleep because that's his way of spending time with them, I usually go back to work at that point and I meet with more clients. But, like, I can take off between, you know, 2 and 6 or 6.30 or 7, spend my time with my kids and then go back to work. And that, to me, is just such a nice, like feeling that we're actually spending time together and I'm not worrying about like if my house is getting messed up. It's just, it's nice. So Devora, kolakavod, keep decluttering um, and keep me posted on your, on your progress. Um, the lady who is a teacher called me back and she said that she just decided, I still don't know what the shape or size or anything of actually what it is, but she actually without any further prompting for me, just from leaving a voicemail, went ahead and took everything out and found so much stuff she could declutter. So kolakavo to you. Um, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really pleased with that. Miriam called me and said that um, she, instead of, she was eating lunch and listening to me and she, instead of taking out from her Chad Pami cabinet, she went to her regular cabinet and took out a plate and a fork and a cup and, and she just washed it up after she ate lunch and she didn't say how it made her feel. Um, I have to ask you all ladies a question. Um, I know that when I sit at my Shabbos table on Shabbos and I have my fancy china and my fancy silverware and my crystal glasses out, I feel like Amalka. Like, I just feel like I'm looking out at my beautiful table. I'm seeing my kids relatively clean for Shabbos. My husband's sitting there making kiddush, and I just feel like, wow, my table looks so beautiful, and my food seems to sort of taste better when I eat it on my fancy plates, even for my regular plates during the week. And I want to know, um, I actually took a 13-week program with my friend Mindy uh, Weinstein, who lives in Far Rockaway, um, and she's a health coach. And um, 
she taught me some really amazing tips, I'm sorry, tips and tricks about eating and how we should be mindful about our food. And this is not really on my topic, so I apologize for the diversion, but it's related. Um, she taught me about mindfulness when you're eating and how to chew your food and think about your food and, and enjoy your food that you're eating right there, right now, in this minute. And the thing is, is that I feel like I can enjoy the food so much more when it's sitting on a beautiful plate. Um, and I'm eating it with like real silverware. And for me, that's something that I've made like a conscientious effort to like turn off my screens when I'm eating and focus on eating my food um, so that like I can really enjoy the food and focus on like the nourishment that I'm getting from the food. So I wanna know um, for, for Miriam who tried this, like did it feel better to eat on a plate? Did it feel like you were really living more? Did it feel like, you know, your food was better or healthier? Or what did it feel like? Did it feel like nothing where you're just irritated that you had to wash the plate afterwards? Like, I want to know. Call me back and, and, and tell me, what was the benefit to doing that? Like, did it help you improve in any way? Um, it's a journey. So if you're using Cloud Bummy, just sit there. Use it. It's about the awareness of what what is happening when you use it. Um, another lady called and said um, that in her house they write everybody's name on the cup and they use that same cup all day and then they throw it out and that's their way of reducing how much um, disposables they use in a day. It's not about if you're at my my place on my journey it's about where you are on your journey are you making an improvement um are you are you growing are you becoming more organized are you becoming more attuned to where your organizational hangups are where your clutter is um where your spending is spending people don't think about it but actually spending is a big part of of organization because when we're organized we spend less um and by spending less, we have money to spend it on other things. We can give more tzedakah, we can um, go on vacation, we can pay our tuition. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, when we are purchasing less in duplication, I mean, um, I went to a client this week, I was shocked at how many bottles of perfume she had. Um, she must have had 50 bottles of perfume. And I said, there's no way you can use all of these before they go bad. And she's like, no, you're right. I sometimes throw them away and it's such a shame. I buy them, you know, I don't know, because sometimes I can't find the one I'm looking for. And I, and, and she, ha she had a lot of stuff and it was, it was a lot of stuff. And I, Perfume is not a cheap item. I mean, even the cheapest ones cost, you know, $35. It's, 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 not, it's n not an inexpensive item. I mean, I, it was just a little bit, it was a little bit shocking for me that it was just like, well, I couldn't find the one I wanted, so I just went out and, and bought a new one. It, it's not, anyway, the point is, is when we know when th where things are, we're able to quickly find them, use them, and we don't need to buy duplicates. So um, think about it from that perspective and, and 
you don't have to be where I'm at. I'm not at my goal yet. Uh, I don't know if anybody listening is at their organizational goal or their waste goal. Uh, if you are, great. Um, I'm not even totally at my organizational goal yet. I mean, I'm still doing 2017 and 2017. Uh, if you walk into my house, there's not so much clutter around. I mean, there might be the laundry basket or the pair of shoes or there are things that are out, but like in general, it wouldn't take me hours to tidy up and I'm not ashamed if anybody walks into my house right this minute. Um, I'm never ashamed if someone walks into my house anytime because I feel like it's okay. I mean, I'm a person, I live here with my kids and my husband and, and we have, we use our things and great. My house isn't terrible. Uh, is it always as clean as I would like it to be? No, but uh, clean, not organized. Is it always as clean as I would like it to be? No. Is it as organized as I would like it to be? Sometimes I think we can do a little bit better, but in general, I feel like we're doing okay. So I feel like, you know, it's where you're at. It's not where I'm at. It is a journey and we just, we just have to go slow and pace ourselves and do whatever we can to improve ourselves and our situations. Um, I want to touch again on time management. Adina called me again and she said she actually plotted her day and she estimated how long her tasks would take and um, she was pleased to see when she uh, was able to do the task in a faster time than she had anticipated and she used the extra time to complete the next task um, and do it a little bit better. And she almost made it into like a little bit of a game. Um, but she didn't, she forgot to plan, when she was planning her day, she forgot to plan in that, you know, her baby might throw off her schedule. Um, and it, it actually threw off her schedule. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep tracking. I want you to estimate how long your tasks are gonna take. I want you to break them down. Um, this is essential. To, to getting organized and managing your time. How long does your task take you? Are you really being realistic about how long your task takes you? Um, it's really important. Um, it's the same thing about clutter. Are we really being realistic about how much clutter we have? Um, but, but with time, you know, we can never really get it back. So it's important to spend a few minutes planning because it really does help us map out our day or our week. So I would suggest at the beginning of the week, Write down all the tasks that are a priority to get done during the week. Don't schedule more than two or three of these tasks every day. If you schedule more than that, you won't be able to get them done um, because the burden is too heavy. If you are able to add in because you have free time, four or five or six tasks, great. That's excellent. But don't set the bar too high because then you're just going to get discouraged. Set the bar a little bit lower. It's also more realistic. Um, and it, it allows you to pace yourself so you don't feel rushed. Do the most important tasks first, either at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of the day, and prioritize which tasks are the most important. So for example, if let's say you're planning, um, I have one client, she, she's a doula, um, and I know that she, she's happy for me to talk about her all the time, and if you need a doula, just call me, and she's training doulas, and I'll set you up with her information. Anyway, she's a doula. She's in the process of moving. She's pregnant with her sixth child, I believe. Um, she 
is planning a bar mitzvah for her oldest son, and she's launching a, a course about doulas. So she has four major things going on in her life, and um, she has to prioritize every day. So we, what we did was we made a timeline from now until we did it like last month. So from last month till September 1st when school starts again and we're prioritizing. We marked out all the important dates that she has to, she, she has um, on her calendar. So like we marked off the day for the bar mitzvah. We marked off one day when she's traveling. We marked when she has to move by. She, we marked when school starts. We marked all these things so that she could, she could see around how she has to schedule herself. So we know that from, in fact, I'll, let me open that, that page up and I'll, I'll actually read it to you so, so that you guys can get an idea of it. We know that on June 12th, she was doing like um, a, a fair that she needed to have a bunch of um, products ready for and, and of some signs ready for um, that by on June 18th, she was scheduled to go to a birth for one of her clients um, that we figured out that she really needs to move by June 25th so that by July 1st, um, when school was over, everybody would be like settled and ready to move into the new place. And, and then we figured out that on July 15th is the bar mitzvah and then she's traveling from the 18th to the 25th and she has another birth scheduled for August 23rd. Not her birth, like she's a doula, like I said, so birth that she needs to attend. Um, and then school starts on September 1st. And so we're making all of these days and we see the big picture. And then we go in and we schedule all the small tasks that need to get done before those days. So, so we know that uh, the bar mitzvah is July 15th. We are scheduling all the things that need to be scheduled for the bar mitzvah by July 15th. In addition, we're also... Um, focusing on the moving. We delegated who, which movers they're going to use to her husband finding the mover so she doesn't have to do everything. We, we figured out that um, she has to do X, Y, and Z to get her business started before this date. And we just sort of pace ourselves and plan it out. And even if something doesn't get done, that's okay. It can always be moved to another day, but it, it needs to be planned for and needs to be allotted how long this task will take so we can actually really plan out our time and function on like a reasonable schedule because it's just not feasible to say, okay, I have five kids or I have six kids or I'm pregnant with my sixth kid and I have 20 tasks due in one day. There's just not the energy for that, plus making sure that the kids are fed and bathed and like the other kids, you know? And like they have a dog and there's just a lot going on. And so you need to remember to prioritize, to not schedule too many tasks for one day and to be kind to yourself if you don't get everything done. I, like I said with my car accident, the th things happen. We, we don't know what's going to happen. We, you know, it's not, it's not our, um, uh, we're not fortune tellers. We can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen to us in our day. The, the point of it, of, of discussing this is that it, we want to have the flexibility to roll with the punches. When we get punched, we want to be able to be like, Hey, this happened. I can move on. I can do better. I can, I can 
recuperate from this setback, and we can when we actually have a real list of what actually needs to get done. So ladies, stream of consciousness, sit down with a notebook, write down everything that you need to get done, and start to set it out over a calendar. Only two to three tasks a day. Like, these are non-essential tasks. So like, preparing dinner is a daily task. This doesn't count as part of that. That has to go in your regular schedule. Making lunches is part, I don't, I mean, we have to make lunches. I don't know if you all make lunches, but making lunches for our kids is a regular scheduled task that we have to do every day. I'm not talking about the regular scheduled tasks. I'm talking about special task projects that need to get done, like planning a bar mitzvah or moving or break down these tasks, see what needs to get done, and a lot, X amount of time, one hour, two hours, however much time you think it will take per day per task. Try not to schedule more than three of these tasks per day. I promise you doing this will allow you to pace yourself and not get too stressed out. If anybody has any more questions about this aspect of time management, please, 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 as always, leave me a voicemail or send me an email or tweet or Instagram me or I, you can reach me in like a million ways. So reach me. I want to hear from you. I want to know where your hangups on time management are. Um, the thing is, is a lot of people don't necessarily think that time management is so related to organization, but it is because um, we need to know how to organize our time so that we can get all the things done we need to do in a day. I mean, we still need to sleep and eat and drink and like we want to enjoy doing those things and um, you will once you can manage your time a little bit better. So thanks for the call, Adina. Oh, but I do want to give a shout out to Adina. Also, she told me, um, I think it was Adina, right? Um, she, uh, yes, it was Adina. She bought two reusable plates for her kids, to, like two for Milchuk and two for Fleischik. And um, she, instead of using Cloud Pummy, she just bought like two kid-friendly plastic plates. And now she's not using the Cloud Pummy. So, Kola Kavod, Adina, that's great. I'm clapping for you. Hooray. Um, every little step, no matter how small, is an important step. So, um, and I just want to know, Adina, tell me, does it help you now that you have those two plates? Um, you don't have to remember to buy Chad Pami? Is that like something uh, that's helpful? Or is it saving you money? Is it saving you time? Like, tell me how it's going for you. I really, I really want to know how it's going for you. Um, so I think that I've... Um, I think that I answered everything that I got today. Um, I'm not sure if I got totally into Panina's answer about journeys, um, but I, I just wanna say that, again, organization is a journey for you guys. It is still for me a little bit, although I'm much closer to my destination uh, than I used to be. Um, there's always ways to grow and improve. I'm still on my journey to zero waste. I still feel like I have a long way to go. But here are a few little tips to help you, and this should also help you reduce your waste. Um, I, I mean, to help you increase your organization. Um, make better packaging choices. 
when you, I, for example, buy a certain jar of jelly because uh, I like the jelly better, but also because after I'm done, I take the jar to the mikvah and I tovel it and I have a free glass. And my kids use the glasses and I use the jars all the time for when I'm packing my own lunches. Um, when I'm going away to a client, I use those glasses um, and they have a nice lid and they're small and compact and they're like, wait, and if they break, Tove, they break. I haven't really paid extra for them. I'm not so disappointed. They're a really great size. I store my nuts. I store my flaxseed in them. I, I store all sorts of things in them. Spices. I, they're just really useful and great, and I love them. And um, so pick things where you know you can help reduce your waste. If it's you know a plastic container that you're going to use again, tove. That's great too. Um, Delaying the landfill is not necessarily the best thing, but using re consumables, uh, if you can buy glass, buy glass over plastic any day of the week. Metal is better than plastic also. Um, but like I said, it's a journey for me too. We're all doing this together. I'm not perfect and um, I don't want to be perfect because perfectionism is really chaval. I actually... It's, it's really hard for people who are perfectionists. Um, but Tov, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Um, I am Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begon, and I want to wish you all a pleasant journey on your journey to organization. And I want to remind you that Hashem keeps you organized. And just repeat that to yourself over and over and over again, especially when time doesn't seem to be your friend. Remember, Hashem is keeping you organized. There's enough time for it to get done. You're going to be able to get it done. If you can't get it done, delegate it to somebody else. Hashem is going to help you find the perfect person to delegate it to. Um, and I wish you all a good week. And, um, oh, I want to tell you, I'm going to be in America soon. If anybody would like to arrange with me to have a speaking engagement somewhere live, um, please, please let me know, um, and we'll try and work out a date. Um, I'm excited to hear from you all. Send me your time management questions, your waste questions, your organization questions. Um, if you can, send me a picture, because I love seeing pictures, um, to Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegon.com. All right, ladies, remember, Hashem keeps me organized. Have a fantastic, 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 fantastic day.